0: This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and the internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. Some of us profess our faith in Jesus and call Him Lord God. But we also find there are moments that our trust wavers, especially when we're facing scary circumstances in life and things aren't adding up. Pastor Kramer talks about that in today's message Encore! Encore! Sometimes
1: we say to one another, have a little faith. Well, today we're going to take a look at a faith story and learn about having a little faith. We begin in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Would you pray with me? Almighty and merciful God, we come to you this day, hungering to take in your life-giving word, We thank you for the revelations from you that we find there. Amen. Our reading for today is taken from Matthew chapter 14, beginning at verse 22. Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. And Jesus said, "'Come.' So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, "'Lord, save me!' Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, "'Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt?' And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, "'Truly, you are the Son of God.' Encore! Encore! People will sometimes shout that after witnessing a great musical performance. And if we shout loudly enough or applaud long enough, sometimes the artist will come out and play one more for us. Well, in today's story from Matthew's Gospel, we see Jesus giving his disciples an encore performance, you might say. Again, the context for the story is important uh, The disciples have just witnessed Jesus performing an amazing thing, feeding over 5,000 people with five loaves and two fishes. How do you top something like that? I can hear Peter say to his brother Andrew, Jesus is really something else, isn't he? I'd like to see more of this. I'm sure the crowd would have agreed with Peter that day. But after this magnificent performance of power, jesus immediately puts his disciples into the boat sends them on their way then he quickly dismisses the crowd sending them on their way as well before they got any big ideas like trying to make him their king who could take care of them from now on he didn't want that after all he had a mission to accomplish jesus then goes up on the mountain to pray to be alone with his father for a bit that was important to jesus he he needed to that time to face every day. I think if he needed it, how can I reasonably say it's not a priority for me, that I don't need it. We all need time with the Father each day, don't we? Well, meanwhile, back in the boat now, which is very far from land, the disciples have run into trouble. A great wind blows in, and the disciples are struggling to keep the boat afloat amongst these big waves that are beating the boat around in the sea. And, and it's all happening late at night. In fact, it's uh, it's pitch black out there about three o'clock in the morning. Why is it that these things always seem worse in the dark? Well, they're exhausted and totally overwhelmed by the situation. They're fighting the winds to, to make headway, but the gale winds are winning the battle. Now they're afraid. And then to top it off, they think they're seeing ghosts uh, approaching them over the water. And now they're terrified and... Then they heard a familiar voice, the encouraging voice of Jesus. Take heart, it is I, don't be afraid. That it is I phrase is more than a mere identification, like, hey guys, it's me. Now, these words are an awesome form of self revelation, revelation of God. The Greek words used there is me, which is the name that God used of himself in the Exodus story, in the calling of Moses, in the leadership. And also in Isaiah 43, as God identifies himself in a courtroom scene before his people. So Jesus is presenting himself to the disciples as the solid and saving presence of the eternal God. He's basically saying, God's here with you in this storm. It's interesting that at the beginning of Matthew, Jesus is referred to as Emmanuel, God with us. So these are really powerful words of encouragement that Jesus is giving. The question is, did the disciples get it? Well, the story goes on. Peter answers Jesus, Lord, if it is you, command me to Come out to you on the water. Jesus commanded, Come. Almost as if to say to Peter, I dare you. And Peter obeys Jesus. He climbs out of that boat before anyone can stop him to go to Jesus. And lo and behold, he finds himself actually walking on water with Jesus. Can you imagine how that felt? The adrenaline rush. The sense of, I think I'm having an out-of-body experience. Pinch me somebody. I must be dreaming. Suddenly, though, he notices... Out of the corner of his eye, this gigantic wave coming his way to just douse him. And he feels himself to be now in an impossible situation. What in the world was I thinking and doing this? Peter got into a panic. As he focuses on the wave coming his way, he begins to sink. His faith is wavered on the waves. He has the wherewithal, though, to cry out, Lord, save me, confessing at once his helplessness and also his hope in Jesus. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him and pulled him up. Here we see his grace and love and mercy at work. It reminds me of an old hymn. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry and from the waters lifted me, now safe am I. Love lifted me, love lifted me, when nothing else could help, love lifted me. And with the wind still blowing and the waves raging around them, Jesus asked him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? a good question, a fair question. After all, Peter had just seen Jesus do something great previously, the feeding of the 5,000. There's both faith and doubt at work in this scene with Peter, isn't there? And before we giggle a bit at Peter's small faith at his expense, let's be reminded that Peter's story is not so different from my story and your story when you think about it. Some of us profess our faith in Jesus and call him Lord, God, but we also find that there are moments when trust wavers sometimes when we're facing scary circumstances in life when things aren't adding up. There's those times of sickness or the Death of a spouse, as we wonder, why was this person taken from me? How am I supposed to go on alone after all these years? Or there's financial hardships that come our way at times. How am I going to provide for my family now? Where are you, God? And sometimes faith wavers in the midst of obediently joining Jesus in mission. We set out to join Jesus in doing some amazing things in the world that we sense He's calling us to do, but Then the winds of adversity and opposition and rejection hit and our faith gets a bit shaken. Years ago when I sensed Jesus calling me to bring about some major change in my congregation's ministry as its leader, I I started out so full of confidence, but there were so many moments of doubt when the going got tough along the way and I found my faith was wavering a bit. A small faith is what I discovered I had. Maybe I thought I was crazy to do this at times, leading my congregation in this direction. I was having doubts. I had this sinking feeling, as Peter did. So why does this happen? Why do we doubt? It's a fair question. Jesus is asking Peter and us as well. I mean, we might reason, after all, Peter had seen amazing things from Jesus already, great works of power, so why does he fear and doubt? But we have the advantage of knowing the Easter story, don't we? Where Jesus conquers the power of death and is vindicated by God who resurrected him. His assurance to be with us always to the end of the age is there for us. What is it about us, the doubts, is it our sinful nature? Maybe we're questioning whether God really cares and has our best interests in mind. But when we look at the cross, the cross tells us that's not true. He laid down his life to rescue you and me. Greater love is no man than this, than he laid down his life for his friends. Still, we're a lot like Peter, aren't we? Sometimes our, our faith is so small. Yet the object of our faith continues to be so big and to show up as we cry out to him. I like what biblical scholar Robert Smith writes about this episode. He says to some extent the life of the post-Easter community, the church, is played out ahead of time in the experiences of the 12 disciples. Among the 12, Peter's representative of the 12 in this narrative on the sea, Peter stands forth not as an incomparable hero but as an example of varied facets of the Christian community's life, all mixed and mingled in disciples of every age, boldness, even rashness and obedience, fear and prayer, littleness of faith and confession. When we look at Peter, it's like looking in a mirror and seeing ourselves and we exclaim, hey, that's me. Well, when they got back in the boat, the wind ceased. The storm was over. Jesus has now shown himself to be Lord and Master over the wind and the waves, Lord over the sea and nature. As I said earlier, man, what an encore. Jesus has done it again. Power over the wind and the waves, as well as feeding 5,000. He is amazingly powerful. Now, in the boat... After they got back in, the disciples worship him and they say, truly, you are the son of God. That's what he wants from you and me. He wants each of us to see and understand who he really is and profess our faith in him and believe in him, knowing that he's the son of God who has left the glory of heaven to not just be with you, but to save you. From your sins, knowing that He is your Savior from sin and death, to be trusted and followed in all circumstances, knowing that He holds the future, your future, in His hand. In Matthew's story of Jesus, we observe again and again friends and foes who are staggered by the weight of Christ's presence. Struggling for understanding Jesus. But the disciples of Jesus who follow him progress from understanding to understanding. And today we see them ascribe to Jesus the highest name of all. Truly, you are the Son of God, they say. I find it interesting that the next time we see this exact title being used of, about Jesus, is in a most unlikely setting. It's at the cross, after Jesus breathed his last. And these same words come from the lips of a non-Jewish person. Truly, this is the Son of God. One might say, it's no great miracle there. Ah, but there is. God's rescue plan was happening sin was being paid for and when seen through the eyes of faith that's the greatest action most powerful action of all that Jesus did followed by another encore Easter morning and that evening is and a week later we hear Thomas one of his disciples exclaim upon seeing Jesus my Lord and my God see eventually they really got it Oh, they continued to waver as we see and be afraid like we all do. But they really got it. And the question I have for you today is, have you? Have you really got it? He came to save you and be your everlasting friend. He wants to take a walk with you. As you walk with him through the Gospels, you can see for yourself who he really is. And... We see that this Lord over the wind and the waves is, a, first of all, a 3 a.m. friend that we can count on. In my church, we talk about the importance of small groups and developing 3 a.m. friends that you can call on when life is overwhelming. Even if it's 3 in the morning, they'll come and be with you. Interestingly enough, Jesus came to be present with his disciples at 3 a.m. in the midst of their trouble. He's a 3 a.m. friend you can count on. God, come to be with us, Emmanuel. Peter learned that as he was sinking and crying for the Lord's help, immediately a hand reached out and took hold of him, the hand of Jesus, and got him back in the boat. And that's good news for us. Even though our faith is small, Jesus faithfully proves himself to us over and over again until we can sing with the hymn writer, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him o'er and o'er. Not only is he our 3 a.m. friend, he's worthy of our worship, isn't he? Notice they not only believe in Jesus, they worship him. And also notice he doesn't stop them or correct them, does he? He doesn't blush and say, oh, stop it, you guys. I believe he smiled in response to their worship and confession of faith. He is not only worthy of our faith, he's worthy of our worship and praise as we serve and obey him as the master over our own lives last we see he's someone you want to keep your eyes on as you follow him. Sometimes Jesus commands us to step out of the safety zone and security of our boat and do with his help the seemingly impossible. N.T. Wright writes in his commentary about Peter jumping out of that boat these words. There are many times that Jesus asks us to do what seems impossible? How can we even begin to do the tasks that he's called us to? How can we even think of doing without that sin which we're being asked to give up? How can we really suppose we might be able to develop a serious habit of prayer when we're so frantic and disorganized? How can we really afford to be that generous with our money when the economy looks so bad? Seems like a risky idea. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Little faith. Wright then goes on to say, of course, if like Peter, we look at the waves being lashed by the wind, we'll conclude that it is impossible. So what we are called to do, it's so basic and obvious, but so hard to put into practice, is to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus and our ears open for his encouragement, even if it does contain some rebuke for us as well. And our wills and hearts must be ready to do what he says, even if it seems crazy at the time. So there you have it. What a story. What an encore. He's ready to do more encores in your life, friend. I don't know where you are in relationship to Jesus or what you might be going through right now in your life, but I do know this. As you turn your eyes to him and cry out, Lord, I need you, help me. He will not turn you away. He loves you. He died on a cross for you. He rose again and calls you to have a relationship with him. Scripture is inviting, appealing to you today to turn your eyes upon Jesus in faith. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Now as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen.
0: You've been worshiping with the ministry of the Christian Crusaders. Christian Crusaders continues to be of vital importance to the spiritual needs of many who listen. We ask you to help make this program possible through your prayers and financial considerations. Address your gifts to Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613. Our toll-free phone number is one 888 my faith in the cedar falls waterloo iowa area dial 277-0924 or visit us on the internet at Christiancrusaders.org. it's a convenient and secure way to support this ministry with your credit card we thank all those who support this ministry with their prayers and gifts If you'd like to listen to today's message again, you can find it in one of three podcasts. The first podcast, called the CC Broadcast, is where weekly services are archived. The second podcast, called the CC Podcast Conversations, is where we archive inspiring interviews with interesting Christians, such as gangster and murderer Ron Gruber and NFL football player from the University of Iowa, Ike Boddicker and other interesting and inspiring interviews we believe you'll enjoy. The third podcast, called the CC Podcast Daily Dose Devotionals, is where we host our daily Bible overview with six-minute devotions. These podcasts can be subscribed to on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and others. You'll find a link to them on our website, christiancrusaders.org. Our Living the Jesus Life series ended with Pastor Kramer's July 12th message. Throughout the 15 sermons of the series, we've taken a closer look at the book of Philippians and what the Apostle Paul wanted us to know about living the life God wants for us in His Son. If you enjoyed the series and want to read or listen to it again or for the first time, Christian Crusaders will be making the entire series available in print and audio versions for a suggested donation of $25 or more. For more information about getting a copy of the series, you can write us at Christian Crusaders, 7401 University Avenue, Cedar Falls, Iowa, 50613, or call us at 319 or visit our website at www.christiancrusaders.org. We are happy you chose to worship with us this day, and we pray you will join us again next week on this station. Conducting the service was our speaker, Pastor Steve Kramer. Christian Crusaders has been broadcasting and podcasting Biblical Truth since 1936.